a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Well, he's he's almost in. We're tra- <laughs> we're dragging him down. Doctor Batar will be here momentarily. It's it's the other the, the the other doctor teacher, if you will. Robert Schiabel here. Robert Schiabel show second hour. Advanced Medicine Monday about to fully Indeed. kick into gear with Doctor Batar, and we're all going to be together coming up in Chicago, May twentieth through twenty fifth, twenty first through the twenty fifth at the Autism One Conference. Which, by the way, there's the Google Hangout that's happening all week, all about CBD, health freedom, all kinds of cool stuff. We'll be finaleing that on Saturday. Uh, again, uh, another day that uh, is not off for me, but we're going to carry on because the mission to heal just doesn't ever sleep. We got to keep on going here, and we'll be together also July 18th through the 20th in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm encouraging all the families that listen to the Robert Scott Bell Show pack up and road trip to Asheville. Now you'll be able to meet Dr. Batar in person. Good. All right. Excellent. The doctor is officially in, so you'll be able to meet Dr. Batar in in person. Hey, guys. How how are you guys? Doing doing well and always doing better when you're around, Dr. Batar. We just mentioned that we'll all be together also in Asheville, North Carolina, after the Chicago event, Autism One, next month. Uh, A couple of times that people can meet Dr. Batar in person, and it's going to be a powerful, powerful set of uh, events that you can attend. So, well, checking in, Dr. Batar, how are things at the office today? They are, as always, busy, busy, busy. And, mm-hmm. Robert, one thing I want to tell you is I want everybody to realize, and I know you, I haven't even told you this, mm-hmm. but you remember the advanced medicine seminars that we did last year as a test that we went to five cities. I think we had six scheduled, and we did five out of the six. Yes, yes. Uh, we were talking about, you know, when that's going to happen again. Well, the good news is the... All the components that we've been putting together, all the advanced medicine aspects, all the head aspects, all those things that are coming to fruition, and hopefully by this fall we'll we'll be able to start the advanced medicine seminars, except that it will be much bigger and much okay. stronger and much more powerful. Well, very exciting, and the fall schedule is looking wide open right now, so that's perfect. So everybody stay uh, plugged in, because I know uh, there's a lot of folks anxious to say, when are you going to come to near me, because we want to see you. Uh, so advanced medicine summoners making their triumphant return later in the year. But in the meantime, we got autism one coming up May 21st through 25th in Chicago. And then, uh, July 18th through 20th, the healing revolution summit in Asheville, North Carolina. Ty and I, can you believe Ty was in your office last week? That was so wild. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He actually, uh, interviewed a number of my patients. We, uh, we love talking to the guy that was the professional golfer. He came on the show for a, a brief stint and talked about his history with a skin, a melanoma skin cancer. And it was hilarious in a, in a way. I mean, he's doing well. It was What was hilarious is you said, don't slather on sunscreen that causes cancer. Get out there and get some sun because that protects you from cancer. Right, exactly. I mean, Chris is a guy actually that you and I discussed on the air about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Chris is a few years out now. I think he's about four years out, maybe 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 a little bit longer. I don't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, you know he, he's an example of an individual who really really gets it because he, in private conversation with uh, myself, has said to me on more than one occasion, 
how much of a blessing, uh, listen to these words, how much of a blessing it was that he got cancer. Mm. And that is true awareness and understanding because he saw the cancer now. In retrospect, he sees it as a blessing because it awakened him. It slapped it him, him into, exactly, slapped yeah. him into opening his eyes. And he said there's so many things about life in general, mm-hmm. about wellness, about health, about how to live your life, about the mindset he would have never realized had he not gone through that challenge at the time. And now his life is forever transformed in a better and more positive way. Yeah, and we see that with the families impacted by, for instance, vaccine injury. The kid, I mean, these people are opened up to a world that they would have never known. Now, many of them might say, oh, man, I wish I never had to go through this. But at the same time, it's a wake up for all the children yet to be potentially harmed by these things, which I want to get into. Last hour, Dr. Bataro, we took a call from Lindy in Minnesota, and she was asking how you know, she's got a 14 year old son who's uh, in the autism spectrum and, and, and pretty angry and violent. And she wants to find a way to help calm him down. You know, I mentioned some homeopathic remedies and some things that I felt might, if, if they're if they're lucky, get take the edge off of it. But I felt this was so intense that I'd like to see that something like cannabidiol, the CBD from the industrial hemp plant, could help. But what have you seen work for kids that are teens that are also within the spectrum? Well, it comes back down to the same aspect, Robert. And I'm probably, you know, you're, I'm probably going to say something that you're not going to initially like, but you'll understand the wisdom in it anyway, because. You know, why are the doctors that are alternative or preventive, why mm-hmm. do those doctors hate me as much, if not more, than the conventional <laughs> docs? And the reason is, is because at least the conventional docs don't know any better, so they're giving a drug to cover up the symptom. But what are the alternative practitioners, or the, uh, the you know, supposed natural practitioners? Mm-hmm. They say, we don't believe in drugs. We believe in this natural substance, but they're still right. trying to do the same damn thing. They're trying to cover up the symptom. Well, you can understand why why a parent would say, please help with this anxiety, but maybe not realize, although they're aware, like she was aware, the son has major gastrointestinal issues, which is the source of a lot of this problem, as well as some other things we've discussed. But, uh, I, you know, I feel the problem actually, the source of the problem actually isn't the gut. The gut is also a symptom of thin imbalance. You see, that's the problem. The problem Mm -hmm. is that it all starts from a toxicity. And then the first place, you know, it affects is the brain, the denudation of the neurofibrils. Now, where else is that mercury going to affect? Well, where is the second brain of the body? The yes, gut. The gut so brain, now it's exactly. going to affect the gut. So if it's going to affect the brain, why do we assume that the gut is not going to be affected? Of course it is. And so people say, well, you know, the gut's the problem. The gut's not the problem. The brain's mm-hmm. not the problem. It's the damn poison that's the problem. Get rid of the poison, and then many of these things will disappear. Now, do we use other substances to help? Yes. Do we mm-hmm. use other substances to help to mitigate some of those concerns while we're going through the treatments and uh, you know flushing the toilet so we can get the, the poison sure. out of the system? Yes, we do. But the, it's, a, it's a false sense of security to take something as good as cannabidiol or as good as any other homeopathic remedy may be and right. give the person something to, to calm them down because what you've just done is sprayed perfume and thrown a carpet over a, a, you know, your floor in your kitchen that had a bunch of horse manure on it. Well, and you're not going to provide a false sense of security that, okay, that did it. Again, understanding why parents would need or want or request the help in this realm. But as your focus point is, and as mine is, is to get the healing to the deepest level possible. And last hour, we covered this new autoimmune inflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. They've actually called it Asia. And they're recognizing specifically the aluminum adjuvant as a, as a trigger for a lot of these autoimmune issues. Uh, I'm sure alongside the mercury, but this article particularly was looking at aluminum. Well, if it had mentioned mercury, they wouldn't have published it. So, of course, yeah. they're going to not mention it. <laughs> 
But but here's the thing. Did you say new or are you are you paraphrasing what they're saying is new? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing what they're claiming is a right. new post vaccine syndrome. Right, absolutely I mean because you and I both know that that's been <laughs> that's about as old as, you know, uh the Model T. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not I mean, an unknown. causing adjuvants causing the problem is there's nothing new about that that's like stanford university coming out about 10 years ago and saying that they've just discovered that cancer is an avocado glucose metabolizer and i remember coming out of medical school and hearing uh the the preventive doctors talk about that and how it was ridiculed in fact even when i fought the medical board here the only expert they could get an oncologist told the the um medical board committee or the told the People that he was testifying in front of, the, the medical board president, who's uh, acting as a judge, saying that's preposterous, that's a ridiculous notion, that uh, this is all hocus pocus BS. When you say that glucose, uh, the cancer only feeds in sugar, that's all the alternative mumbo jumbo, and there's no scientific basis for that. And this is what the this is what the prosecution, this is what the expert witness against me said, an oncologist. So on cross reference <laughs> on cross examination, when my attorneys went up there, I right. wrote down on a piece of paper really quickly to ask the attorneys. I said, ask him what a PET scan, how a PET scan works. So he goes <laughs> up, my attorney gets up there and says, well, how does a PET scan work, doctor? And he's like, well, the, 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 you know. Then he starts to he starts to mince his words, and he says, well, isn't it true that a PET scan works on glucose uptake? <laughs> uh, well, well, yes, but so why is it that it's working only glucose uptake? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I uh, you know, then the, then the attorney just just creamed him. You know, it's like right. well, doesn't it work on picking up radio labeled uh, isotopes of sugar? Isn't yeah. that a gluca- because cancer is an obligate glucose metabolism? I mean, this type of mentality is what mm-hmm. you know. My whole point is that we need to really be true to what we're saying, Robert. And if right. we talk about using cannabidiol or, mm-hmm. and you, you know, I use homeopathics, you know that, but I don't use homeopathics oh, yeah. for covering up symptoms. Correct. Uh, correct. We, to, it, that, again, that, that's an important distinction. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, on one sense, the parents are desperate for help. And particularly when violence may be at, at the bay with a teenager in this, in this realm, we don't ignore that, but we really are, are bringing to that deeper understanding of what you said. Where did this problem trigger? Let's remove it and heal those areas simultaneous to the addressing of those intense desires of the parents, and rightfully so, to get their kids out of these violent behaviors. And a lot of this violent behavior, Robert, I don't know how much time we have before we take a break, but uh, much of this violent behavior mm-hmm. is also because these, some of these kids are aware to a certain degree of what's going on, and it causes frustration. Exactly. It causes them to lash out in anger, just like you would or I mm-hmm. would if we were put in a straitjacket and we were thrown in the middle of a country that nobody understands what we're saying, and we're trying to express ourselves, and nobody understands it, and we can't express ourselves. That would be a extremely frustrating situation, and that happens yeah. in some of these kids. We actually see some of this violent behavior actually start to exhibit itself as we start their treatment. Mm. We, we, we have some kids that are already in that state, but we have some kids that actually start, and it's a transient phase. It's not, it never lasts more than maybe a month or two, um, and it goes through a waxing, waning stage, and then it disappears. But right. some of these kids that are already very violent, um, they will, I'll give you an example. We had a 13-year-old from New Jersey that they couldn't draw blood on. Nobody could draw blood on this kid. They, dr- they couldn't get him on a plane. They drove him down here. We drew blood on him. It took seven people. This kid was 240 pounds, six foot one. And he was 13 years old. Wow. He, he, was a, he was a monster. It took seven of us to hold him down. Um, one, of, one of my staff got kicked in the face. I mean, it was a nightmare the first time. The second time he came in, he sat down. It took one person to hold his arm. 
and reason with him while the other person drew the blood. And he was looking, and he was, you know, we weren't sure what he was going to do. There were people standing by, but I told, right. I told everybody else, don't hold on to him. Just one person hold the arm, and we're trying to explain to him. The third time in the office, he sits down, puts his arm out, nobody held him. Do you know that those parents used to drive from New Jersey to here just to get his blood drawn? Because he wouldn't let anybody else draw Incredible, his blood. incredible. But you, you brought up the issue of frustration. And imagine if you're trapped as an adult, any of you, in a body that you no longer could communicate to the outside world, how frustrating that would be. That's Argentum Nitricum, the homeopathic remedy indicated there, but it's so much more than that, as Dr. Batar mentioned. I want to talk with Dr. Batar a little bit more about the aluminum adjuvant here that they're talking about as if it's something new, and it isn't. I'm going to back Dr. Batar up there with some, some good old-fashioned science from the early part of the 20th century. Next, here on Advanced Medicine Monday on The Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Batar. Stick around. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Advanced Medicine Monday is continuing now with Dr. Rashi Bittar. Look forward to seeing him, being all together with you. And hopefully any of the parents that are out there listening to this show, particularly when we talk about vaccine injury, autism spectrum, things like that, autism one coming up in Chicago, special parents workshop. If not more important perhaps than reaching the doctors, sometimes reaching these parents to get them plugged into the things they need to know, like the case of, of the violence, why this is happening, Dr. Bittar. Yeah, I, I agree with you. In fact, um, the people that are going to help me, the, the reason for the parent workshop, Robert, I, I have to mention this, the reason for the parent workshop is because of the of a parent of a child that I'm treating. Um, I, I won't say her name because I don't know whether she wants me to say her name, but she's pretty outspoken, though. She's pretty active in the autism community as well. But the reason for this workshop is because of her. She said that, Dr. Tran, you need to do a workshop because a lot of parents don't get this. She's one of the parents that does get it. And I've asked another parent um, to help me with this workshop, who's actually a pediatrician. And uh, she herself flies in from Los Angeles every two weeks with her son. And uh, her son's a lot better than he was. So those two parents I've asked to do parent workshop because they both truly understand sometimes what we're seeing, we don't mm-hmm. understand what we're seeing. For example, let me give you an example. I know, Robert, we have a short segment, but let me give you an example. Sure. A child is stimming. A parent mm-hmm. tells a child, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I tell the parent, why are you telling your child not to do that? You're acting as if the child can control that behavior. The child can't control that behavior. He's asking for sensory input. He's requiring sensory input. If you have an area of your body that's numb, what are you going to do to that body? You're going to rub it. You're going to touch mm-hmm. it. You're going to feel it. You're going to pinch it. You're going to try to get sensation in it. That's why they're doing this. They have a sensory input deficit. They're trying to increase their sensory input. That's what's going on. Now, on, this, on the opposite hand, a child will act, you know, will do all sorts of different things, and the parents will let the child do whatever he's doing because he doesn't or she doesn't understand. And that is completely categorically wrong. You need to train the child that if you do a desired 
action, you will be rewarded. And if you don't do a desired reaction, you will be punished, or some, there will be a pain of suffering. I'm not talking about pain like you, you're spanking them, because mm-hmm. the kids don't understand that. They actually get pleasure out of the pain because it's sensation. It's increasing the sensory input. So spanking doesn't work with a child that has a sensory uh, deficit. What does work is if they need an iPad or they, they've got some kind of attachment, some toy, you remove that toy, and they understand all of a sudden, I can't pull hair, I can't scream, I can't, I'm, you know, just like you want a child, a normal child to be Train, sure. You have to train a, a, a child that's got to, You want them to act normal, then treat them normal is the point. So yes. parents give the wrong emphasis to the wrong things. And this isn't, I'm not saying some parents, and I'm not saying it's the parents' fault. I'm saying 95% of parents don't understand what the problem is. They're trying to get the child to break a behavior that the child has about as much control over as a parent had over having a child that had autism. They had, they're trying to make a child mm. be taller or shorter or, you know, whatever. It's like trying to force a a uh, uh, three-year-old child to dump a basket to, to to slam a basketball. A child can't do that. They physically can't get that height up and slam the basketball. So to say that to a child, stop stimming, is is ridiculous. But mm. that doesn't mean that you can't have the child do a desired behavior and reinforce it the right way or the wrong way. So the parent workshop is designed to help people so that they walk out of that workshop, Robert. They mm-hmm. walk out of that workshop and they will have tools in their arsenal that they can start to implement right away. I have had not one, not two, I have had over a dozen times that just during an office visit that I have had the parent walk out with seeing a result of a behavior that they've had all their life misery with their child and walk out of the exam room, although it was an hour and a half, two hours after the office visit started, in tears because they saw the results firsthand themselves in their own child, just by implementing those steps. No treatment, right. no, no medicine, no supplements, no IVs, nothing. Just by them understanding, this is what I reinforce, this is what I don't reinforce. Well, it's beautiful. I'm telling you that these parents are going to be breathing a, a, many signs of relief to understand the origin points, what is really happening, and how to work with them. Okay, recognize every child is, is going to be a little bit different, but the basis for what you're describing, coming through so much experience here, and many of these families coming to this new maybe don't have the words to describe it or understand. Maybe they, as you said, even their health professionals or providers don't understand it and communicate it in this way. Because I don't think they understand it. It's not. It's hard to ex- expect them to express something when they don't even understand it. They haven't either seen enough cases or they have. You know, when you're seeing this every day, day in and day out, over and over again, months upon months, years upon years. I mean, I'm in my second decade of treating children with this problem. It's so clear. It's so obvious. It's like being, if you don't see it, it would be like being blind. Right. It's very, very obvious. Well, bringing the light in, he is. It's Dr. Rashid Bittar, of course, author of the best-selling, international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. I'm sure there'll be some of those available at Autism One for him to sign. We'll look forward to getting together then. We've got a break here, but coming back, we'll get more into the aluminum-mercury discussion as well as a starting point. And your calls, if you want to chime in right now, get on the phones, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Papers. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right. 
Robert Scott Bell. Bell. Leading immunologists at International Congress on Autoimmunity link aluminum in vaccines to a new post-vaccine syndrome. Dr. Batar says, where have they been? This is not new. And you, you mentioned about knowing about the toxicity of these metals, aluminum included. Back in 1911, there's reference points to, the, to knowing the neurotoxicity, for instance, of aluminum. And don't get us started on mercury. And you said they couldn't have done this if it were publishing bad stuff about mercury because mercury has become too economic and politically oriented rather than scientifically oriented. Absolutely. And and I think pretty much everybody that's been listening to us for at least a year or more, Robert, already knows that, right? Yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. We've beaten that horse so many times, but we'll probably continue to beat that horse. But but all the metals, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many different metals. The LD uh, aspect, when somebody talks about LD, it's actually a lethal dose. So when you talk about an LD of, substance, of a substance, you're talking about the l- amount of that substance that, if given to a patient population, will result in so many people dying. So if you have a uh, LD17 of substance X, that means enough substance X given to 100 people, and 17 of those 100 people would die. You follow me? Yes, yes. Okay, so now if you have an LD1 of lead, which is enough lead to kill 1 out of 100 people, and you have an LD1 of mercury, enough mercury to kill 1 out of 100 people, and you put that in the same 100 people, you will now have an LD100. You will kill all 100 people. And so very few people understand that synergistic destructive nature of these metals. There's only been one study that I'm aware of that was done in the 1970s, I think it was done in 1972, that studied the synergistic destructive nature of these metals, and they only looked at cadmium, lead, and mercury. So an LD1 of lead, enough lead to kill 1 out of 100 people, and an LD1 of mercury, enough mercury to kill 1 out of 100 people, put in the same 100 people will wipe out all 100 people. That is a 10,000% increase in mortality. Well, that answers the question, when does 1 plus 1 not equal 2, right? When does 1 plus 1 exactly. equal 100? And, you know, if we look at the growing number of children, I and mean, even adults impa- impacted neurologically and in other ways by environmental degradation and the direct injection of these environmental toxic heavy metals, uh, we look up in the sky and we say, what the heck? When I was growing up, I don't remember these lines across the sky drifting and floating and then covering the sky in a blanket of artificial clouds. And uh, I think your wife, Deb, sent me an article here about NASA proposing that they spray stratospheric aerosols into the Earth's atmosphere. But I'm thinking proposing. It looks like they've been doing this for quite some time, and they know about it. They call it geoengineering, and they're talking about the spraying being solar radiation management. I mean, you, you can't be dropping aerosolized aluminum on top of us and expect there wouldn't be that LD plus factor happening with everything else that was already there. Exactly. And we don't even know what the, uh, I mean, I'm not aware of any studies that have been done to actually look at the destructive component of aluminum, but aluminum and nickel and all these other metals that are found in, in adjuncts is in um, vaccines and various vaccines. We know that there's formaldehyde in vaccines. We know nickel's present in vaccines. We know aluminum's present in vaccines. We know thimerosal, which is ethylmercury's present in vaccines. So what is the uh, implication of the combination of these metals. Uh, what about the environmental aspect, which you're talking about now, if it's being aerosolized and we're inhaling it, it's, it's you know coming into our food supply, into our water supply, uh, the combustion of fossil fuels, what we're inhaling, what we're consuming um, mm-hmm. in the water we're drinking. 
it, it's from all aspects, and that's one reason it's so important to live as clean of a life. Even right. if you live the cleanest life you possibly can, you are still not protected. So for the people that would say, what's the point then? Well, the point is that God has designed, the ultimate engineer has designed our systems to eliminate most of these poisons. Some of us have better ability to eliminate them as, than compared to some of our counterparts, but it's not an issue of the... Uh, exposure to this, because we're all exposed to it, it's how much does it take before the, the before the camel's back is broken. So it's the right. straw that killed the camel's back. So it's an accumulation type effect, and so we need to do all we can to, one, prevent ourselves from being exposed to it, and two, to negate it, to remove it, to facilitate the, the expulsion or the elimination of these substances. Well, and it's, it's hard not to be beat down. A lot of folks are when they answer you and say, well, what's the point, right? When you start throwing all these things and realities at them where before they were the ostrich with their head in the sand or their, their cotton from pill bottles stuffed into their ears so they wouldn't hear these things. Do you have a survival instinct left? Because if you do, then you're going to want to try and do everything humanly possible, that which is, which is in your control. Now, honestly, we, we would all be walking around with intravenous, uh, you know, IVs to bind the metals out. But just short of everybody being able to do that, we've got to strategize in other ways, botanical, homeopathic, you know, anything and everything that can help us. Absolutely. You know, one of the things we were talking off the air about the TSA and the story about mm-hmm. the, I don't think we're going to get to the story with the breast milk thing, but yeah, uh, you can mention. Irradi- yeah, irradiating the breast milk. But I was just, I just got back this weekend. Uh, I had to go down to Fort Lauderdale for about 48 hours and I remember when going through, I, I've last four weeks I've had to, I've traveled each week and every time when I go through, my son goes through pre-check but we divide up so that he can you know, go right through pre-check. I need to get registered myself for whatever reason that he always gets automatically pre-checked but um, I have to go through the regular line which means I have to opt out. Well, every time I opt out, there was the, the, now I've noticed the TSA, they try to explain to you, you do know that going through and raising your arms up, you know, that's completely fine. And it's not going to cause hmm. you any problems. You do know that. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm totally aware of that. I'm completely, I'm totally aware of it, you know. But uh, now I tell them, I said, well, it's my only opportunity to get a massage when you guys pat me down. So, you know, <laughs> I, I wanna, that's, what I, that's what I opt out for. And they're, oh, okay, that's fine. And then they go and do the thing. But the point is, even the TSA is not being indoctrinated to tell people that this is completely safe. Mm-hmm. It's completely acceptable. You don't have anything to worry about. Yet, when it's children 12 and under, they don't have them go through that. They have them go through the uh, old-style uh, metal Magnet- detectors. Yeah, the magnetometers. They just you know, detect metal, and that's it. And uh, I've, I've been sent through the, the pre-check a number of times in a row. I have no idea. I think that the message to TSA has gotten so heavy that they're trying to back down and make it more friendly of an experience going through the security. I don't know if that's happening for everybody. Uh, but for some reason, I've been able to ease through it uh, better than ever before. Uh, but but you're right. You mentioned the TSA, and, and they insisted that this woman who had breast milk, to, they wanted to x-ray it. And she says, you know, I, I eat organic. Why am I, I mean, I treat everything to clean my body. Why would I x-ray the milk I'm given to my baby? I don't want to do that. And uh, some would say, well, it's just not much uh, radiation. But why would you add anything if you don't have exactly. to? Exactly. And it took uh, her filing a federal lawsuit and and winning to hopefully um, be a proactive voice for the rest of the world. And I think she's probably helped a lot of people not be in mm-hmm. the same situation now. Yeah, she called the TSA to the carpet. And, in fact, they, their own policy said that they shouldn't have insisted on doing that. I think she was talking about it right here. 
Armando says she takes care of her body and didn't want the x-rays radiation to negatively affect her milk. I put a lot of time into eating organic, drinking lots of water, staying in shape. Why would I then send my milk through the x-ray? See, see, she's reasonable. She's very reasonable. She cares enough about her baby and her own body. She recognizes that these things are detrimental. They're accumulative. It's not like you go through once or your baby drank one bottle of breast milk that got x-rayed that that would be you know, total annihilation, but it's the recognition that everything matters. Exactly. It's all accumulative. All mm-hmm. accumulative. So I, I actually commend her for taking action and sticking to her guns and, and raising her voice. So that, that, that was a good thing. And more and more people, I think, when they start to see this type of an example and hopefully start to stand up for what they think is right, too, it'll make a difference. And that's the only thing historically that's ever made a difference is when the public no longer accepts a certain outrage, you know, or they, they mm-hmm. react to something as an outrage, or they just won't, won't uh, allow a certain thought process to continue. It's when the public demands it is when change occurs. Yep. Now, I want to go back to uh, uh, briefly the discussion. We mentioned the CBD issue because I, I found so many profound benefits to it in working with what's known as the endocannabinoid system. But your point is well taken, Dr. Batar, that just because we have, are now integrating another aspect of, of, of uh, sustenance for the body doesn't mean we can leapfrog over those origin points. Where did the fire start, as you've said so many times? And by the way, I want to recommend for new listeners to Advanced Medicine Monday each week, Dr. Batar has this book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, that gives a lot of detail to the things we talk about each and every week. And it's a gift that can keep on giving. So I encourage you, if you haven't already picked that up, please do. And I imagine, Dr. Batar, you'll have some of those books available at Autism One? Uh, yes, we will. Okay, cool. So, uh, but the idea is we're always learning, right? We're always learning. We've been lied to about a lot of things in our lives, and even we have more to go. Dr. Batar, what I admire about you, and I've said this many times, is that you're willing to learn from your patients. They bring things in. They ask questions. They have experiences. and You don't shut them down because you're the doctor and they're not. Well, they've helped me to learn solutions that other people may have benefited from, and sometimes I've benefited from those solutions, too. And I'm not saying that every time a patient comes in and says something, I'd say 95% of them, <laughs> I have to tell them, no, why they're wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But, sure. you know, one out of 20 new things being learned, every 20, every 20 times I'm told something new, one of those things has validity, has information that will benefit other people. I've utilized it. I've tried it. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the point is, the day that we think that we have everything that there is to know inside our heads and there's nothing more left is the day that we are basically saying that we have finished our mission on this planet and mm-hmm. telling the Creator it's time for Him to take us. Right. And, and we, uh, lo- we lost that reason for being, then it's time to go. But uh, yep. a, a lot of folks, have, it's ha- they've had it beaten out of them in this lifetime. And some families uh, can, don't do well with the stress, and it's, it's hard enough, by all means, to, to, to raise kids. I mean, there's always going to be challenges. It's just the nature of, you know, little souls coming in and, and, and eventually breaking from mom and dad and becoming their own. Uh, but when you compound that with this toxicity issue, the mercury, the other heavy metals, as I said from a last hour's caller, I, I, my heart goes out to them. Uh, but we want to hey, give Don, a practical. You, is, is Don there still? Yeah, Super Don is here. Don, did you notice the difference in Robert's voice when he started saying that? I did. It was it I was did. so palpable. I mean, Robert, when yeah. you start talking about that, the, the, you could literally hear. I mean, I felt your pain when you started saying that. Your entire demeanor, your entire voice changed when you brought that up. I don't know you know whether you're cognizant of it, but it was so distinctly different. It was almost like 
uh, you were experiencing a flashback, a yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder type thing yourself when you said that. Uh, I, I know. Listen, Robert I can, Scott Bell is always mm, keeping it real. I mean, I, you, know, you, you can just hear it in his voice. Absolutely. I, yeah, I can't hide it. I don't try to necessarily, but I feel it so much. And you know, having gone to Autism One twice in a row, two years in a row, and, and meeting the families firsthand, you've been dealing with it for a lot of years, Doctor Batar. We're going to come back and. Uh, wrap up uh, our discussion of this also preview once again the parents workshop which is going to be life transforming for all those who are attending in chicago the 21st through the 25th of may at autism one conference stick around dr batar super don is here go to dr batar d-r-b-u-t-t-a-r.com it's all linked up in the show notes as well the robert scott bell show in all my years of radio i've never seen anything like this the robert scott bell show I see if my voice holds up the segment. Dr. Batar uplifting all of the messages here, putting perspective on it, the healing that is yours, basically, by virtue of your birthright. We're just here to remind you of that. Uh, we were also talking, I think, about the use of cannabidiol as another aspect of a botanical medicine that the manufacturer can't call it a medicine because we know we don't have freedom of speech in America. If you If you sell or manufacture something, you can't speak truthfully about it. But since I'm not selling or manufacturing, I'm able to talk about the science, and, and you are as well in this regard. So uh, uh, we're going to be together when we're at Autism One, Dr. Batar, with some of the key people we can meet, some of the doctors that are using it already. Well, that would be great. I, I just wanted to make sure that for people that are perhaps uh, questioning this or, or asking this question and you know, philosophically what we talked about in the first segment of the show about the use of uh, something like cannabidiol and, and where I said that you don't want to use it if you're thinking that it's, you don't want to give somebody a false sense of security. You know, th- there's, there's two aspects to this. First of all, does it help an individual symptomatically? Absolutely. I think the potential is fantastic. And should a person use it for that? Absolutely they should to make their life more sane. But it's important for them to do it with eyes wide open and realize mm-hmm. that this is not a solution to the problem. It's actually a solution that's going to help make their life more livable. And sometimes the problem is that when you're not in as much pain, you forget that the problem exists, and that's where really the the danger mm-hmm. lies. Meaning that if you've been shot in the abdomen and I give you pain medicine, now you're not going to have as much pain. And so the index of suspicion that the surgeon's going to have that, hey, is this person deteriorating or not, the only thing that you have to give you, the only way to, cal- uh, to uh, monitor the situation is the pain of the individual. And so if you take away the pain, you've just taken away the only metric that you have to see if the person is deteriorating or not. And, you know, of course, this isn't a gunshot wound to the stomach, but my point is the same, that if you take away the pain that the person is experiencing off the child's anger or whatever it is, frustration, and now they're more docile and they're more livable, you're going to chances are not be as keen on finding the solution because now at least mm. it's livable. Sometimes it's the pain that makes a person, prompts a person to go find the actual solution. Now, having said that, and Robert, hopefully that's clear. Did I? Yes, did, yeah, did no, that was a beautifully perspective because uh, we don't want to deny people some level of relief to get them through these things that are so difficult. But at the same time, your point is important because we are dedicated to getting to the heart of the matter and bringing that exactly. healing as opposed to just placating symptoms. Exactly, exactly. That was, that was my point. Now, on, on the opposite side, 
is it possible that cannabidiol is going to improve and enhance the pathways of excretion? And that's where my interest really lies. It may really be possible that it's actually facilitating some of those components. And that's very exciting if that's possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some indication from some of the docs I'm talking with about some benefits to the liver, which, of course, we know key for detox. Uh, neuroprotective uh, benefit as well as potentially regenerative benefit. But, of course, that's not the same as detoxing. But we also know regeneration of healthy new tissue is a big part of what we need to do is resetting the pathways. So there's a lot of potential here. And, you know, we're digesting and learning about it as fast as we can to communicate it to everybody in need. And the other aspect is if there is a neuro, uh, neuroprotective effect, as you are actually going to start the detoxification process, there is going to be an increase in mobilization of some of these metals, and there is a potential exacerbation of symptoms. So if you can have something to protect while that fire is, is made more um, prominent, if you will, mm-hmm. it's something that may be beneficial for the individual from a neuroprotective effect, meaning that as you have increase in mobilization, you need more protection to prevent that increase in mobilization causing more denudation. So there are many other facets that are possible here, potential benefits, uh, and I don't mean to rain on any parade by saying that, uh, saying that, no, don't <laughs> no. use it, but I wanted it to be, you know, put into the proper context, yes. that if you're, if you're being uh, true to the philosophy of, first of all, remove the toxin and then rebuild the system, I don't want people to think, oh, this is going to pull that. Dr. Vachar said it was good to use, so, you know, it must be pulling out the thing or trash. Or, right, you know, right, we right. We talked about the Robert Scott Bell show, but at the same time, there may be some components that indicate and there are many different herbs and, and plant materials and natural substances that are actually beneficial that help to get rid of some of these toxins. One of those examples is cilantro. People ask me about cilantro all the time, and cilantro is fantastic. The only problem is cilantro is naturally a concentrator of mercury, so the chances of you getting a cilantro uh, substance that is already not concentrated with mercury is slim to none unless you're mm-hmm. getting it from a source that actually grew it in a laboratory environment. Right. But it's a well, natural concentrator so yeah exactly one point well taken another great episode of advanced medicine monday here dr batar i think the price of admission whatever it may be for you to attend all of y'all out there autism one uh more than benefit you back if you go to the parents workshop on sunday at the event but also all the wonderful speakers that'll be there will be there we'll look forward to seeing you and until next week and more advanced medicine monday with dr rashid batar you know it the power to heal is still yours thanks for being here Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.